Thank you for listening to the Zaner Ministries podcast with evangelist Nick Zaner. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or at zanerministries.com. Now, here's evangelist Nick. Well, are you guys excited for Jesus tonight to show up and touch and transform, revive, renew, strengthen you? Amen. Hallelujah. What an honor it was to go out on the streets today. And I see uh, some of the soul winners are here tonight. Amen. And uh, I'm so glad you came out in uh, 22 salvations. That That's uh, more than one per person that went out today. Amen. And uh, that's what we were believing God for, that at least one per person. And whether you led somebody or not, because I know a couple people came up empty, but those who had a couple more than the others made up the difference. Amen. And it doesn't matter anyways, because we're all on the same team. So we all win and we all rejoice. And when one comes to Christ, all of heaven rejoices. So, hey, 22, how much, what kind of party is taking place in heaven because of 22 people calling upon the name of the Lord? Come on, give Jesus a shout of praise for that. I just want to give him more glory for that. Come on, 22 people. That's just the beginning. Amen. Hallelujah. 12 men turned the world upside down, the Bible says. And there's there was 16 of us out there today. That's more than what they had when the Bible, uh, when the book of Acts started, right? So, hey, come on. What can God do here in this region when somebody's on fire, full of the Holy Ghost? Amen. And uh, so last night we uh, we talked about the, the fire of God, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, who is the baptizer of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And uh, I see some new faces here tonight, which is great. I'm so glad that you came on a Saturday night because you're hungry, because you're thirsty for more of God. Amen. And then there's some familiar faces here, too. And if you missed last night, don't worry. God will catch you up tonight. Amen. Because uh, uh, that's how, what the Lord does. He just keeps adding to each night more and more, and, and he's going to just fill you up to pour you out. Amen. That's what happened last night. We all got filled up, and we were pouring out today. And then guess what? Every day we need a fresh infilling. Amen. Every day we need more of the Holy Ghost. And so he's going to fill us up even more tonight. You're going to leave this place refreshed. You're going to leave this place blessed. You're going to leave this place uh, full of the Holy Ghost and fire to march out of this place and to do what God has called you to do. Amen. And not only that, but you'll you'll come in tomorrow morning. Just be, you know, you won't need to pick me up on Sunday morning. You'll already be picked up. Amen. And ready just to rejoice with what God has done. Hallelujah. Isn't that exciting? Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to the uh, book of Acts, chapter 1. And I'm going to stay on the, the vein of uh, what the Lord is doing. Hallelujah. The book of Acts. Chapter 1. I'm going to start in verse 4. Might sound a little familiar to those who were here last night, but these are Holy Ghost and Fire meetings. Amen? And uh, when I uh, started traveling this quarter of the year, or however you want to put it, uh, I got a call from a pastor in Allentown who wanted to do Holy Ghost services for a weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And so we put that down. And then uh, your pastor gave me a call shortly after that. And he said, hey, I'd like to do uh, three services, Holy Ghost in Fire, revival services. And then we put that down, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then I got another pastor, right? It was like, bang, 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 Father, Son, Holy Ghost, three, amen. 
And then it was like, all right, I guess we're on our first ever Holy Ghost and Fire tour. Amen. And so that's what we're on here today. And my job as an evangelist, because God has given gifts unto men, right? The apostle, the the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, the fivefold ministers, right? For the equipping of the saints. And my job is to equip you to, to run towards Jesus. The evangelist is the one who evangelizes and talks about Jesus Christ. Our job is to, to preach the gospel. And when the gospel's preached, then people get saved, right? But part of that gospel being preached is reviving the church to fall in love with, with Jesus afresh. You know, revival, the word revival has kind of been uh, used a lot, I should say, in the last 30 years or so. Uh, it may be overused at times, but revival means to really just to fall in love with Jesus again. Amen. You know, there's times, you know, if you can just think about the time you got saved, you got born again, and you were just, you were encountering Jesus for the first time. It's like you, it's like a love that you can't describe because he loved us first, so we love him. I mean, there's just such a desire to serve God. No one had to tell you to go to church. You just wanted to go to church. No one had to, uh, you know, force you to go to the prayer meetings. You were in the prayer meetings. No one, no one, uh, had to just, you know, shake you out of the bed to get up. You just got up because you love God because there was a love uh, for for Jesus, right? And, and uh, so what happens over the course of time is sometimes that begins to wane. You know, you got to stir up the gift of God on the inside of you. You got to rekindle that fire. Amen. It's just like uh, when you get married, you know, at first when you get married that first year or so, it's like, man, you're just in love. You're like, oh, I love this person. Everything's great. These are X, Y, and Z. Bug me, but you push them away, right? Because you love them. But then over the course of time, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, those things that you, you used to just push away, you can't push them away anymore. You're just flat out aggravated at them. Amen. You say, go into the other room and do your own thing. Get away from me. I love you, but there's it's different, right? Sometimes you got to rekindle that flame in your marriage. Sometimes you got to rekindle that love for each other like you had when you first got married. Amen. We have to do that with with the Lord because that's why we have revival. Because, you know, when people uh, people need to 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 fall in love with Jesus again, people need to be stirred up by the Holy Ghost to to want to serve God like they used to. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's never changed, right? But sometimes we change over the course of time. But one thing that we should always stir ourselves up for is more of Jesus. Because when, when, when we are unfaithful, He's still faithful. When we are, uh, you know, not serving Him wholeheartedly, He's still coming after us wholeheartedly. And that's why we want to stir that up. Amen? And so my prayer tonight is that, is that you're stirred up to the point where you're you're back 100% in love with Jesus. Not in love with the church, not in love with a denomination, not in love with a pastor or the great next speaker, but you're in love with Jesus. Because Jesus is the reason why we're here tonight. Jesus is the reason why I have a microphone tonight. Jesus is the reason why you're sitting in that seat right there. Because while we were yet sinners, Christ died for you. Amen. And because of that sin, we needed a Savior, and we, we found Him. We have the Savior. We have Him living on the inside of us, and He wants us to give us His all. Amen. Because He gave His all for us, so we should give our all for Him. Amen. And that's what you're doing here tonight. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here on a Saturday night. And I'm, what I'm going to do tonight is, is stir you up back into that first love. Amen. 
And how you do that is with the little help of the Holy Spirit. Because I can say all these different things, but without the Spirit coming behind the Word of God and breathing life into it, it will just remain empty words. But I'm wanting to impart into you what the Holy Spirit has for you tonight so that it's not just great words spoken, whether you remember the words or not, but your heart comes back alive to God. Amen. So in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, the Bible says, And being assembled with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So Jesus, prior to him departing, was constantly reminding them that, Hey, I'm going to send another helper. I'm going to leave one day. And the disciples just could not understand why, because Jesus was was such a great comfort. Jesus, when he was around, nothing ever, things tried to go wrong, but they never went wrong, because he always was there to, you know, hey, there's no food, Jesus, we need to feed the multitudes. Okay, yeah, what, what should we do? They always went to him, because he always had the answers. He said, hey, you feed them, you feed them, with what? And then they brought him little boys lunch, right? The loaves and the fish, they gave them to Jesus, he multiplied them. He answered, the, he answered their problems. Then Peter came to him one day and said, hey, P, uh, hey, Jesus, I don't know how to pay the taxes. We've got to pay our taxes, otherwise they're going to come at us. And Jesus said, hey, go cast your line into the water, and when that fish comes up, guess what? The coin to, to pay the temple tax will be in his mouth. Go pay, the, go pay the bill. Jesus was a great comfort. Amen. Jesus being around gave them a sense of peace. One, because he's the Prince of Peace, but two, they knew if we got into any issue, he's going to help us out. Jesus himself was a helper. But Jesus alone in an earthly body could only do so much. He was limited. Though he was 100% God, he was 100% man. And so he could only do uh, what he could do in if you were around him. That's why the multitudes followed him. That's why they went and found Jesus. They brought many sick and those who were afflicted to Jesus, and he healed them all. Jesus is the healer. But if Jesus was still here in the flesh, like, like we sometimes we want him to be, then we would have to get on a plane tonight and fly to Jerusalem so we can get our, our miracle. But because he sent another helper, the helper is the Holy Spirit, on the day of Pentecost, he sent the helper. We no longer need to get to Jerusalem to get a miracle, but we can get it here, right there, tonight. Because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. He put his spirit on the inside of us so that we can demonstrate Jesus to a lost and dying world and for the church. Because healing is the children's bread. Amen. If anybody should get a miracle, it should be somebody in the church. Because we're a part of his body. Jesus is the head, we're the body, many members made up of one body under the head of Jesus, the shoulders, the government is, is the fivefold ministry, but we're all part of the body of Christ. Amen. So tonight you should have an expectation that you can receive your miracle, not because of evangelists in town, though, though, yeah, there's a different grace on my life, but because the Holy Spirit is here and Jesus is here. And the Holy Spirit is looking over the Word of God to act upon the Word of God because the letter killeth, the Word killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Life to the Word of God. And he won, and God looks over His Word to perform it. Amen. And so He's obligated to perform what the Bible says. 
And the Holy Spirit's the one who's hovering, waiting to move when the word of God is mixed with faith. And this is why it's foolish to the world, but we preach. It's foolishness. Why would we preach? Because we understand faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Faith is what pleases God. So when you hear the word preached, when you hear of, of you know, when you hear the message of healing, when you hear the message of Jesus, faith will come and you can receive your miracle because now you're putting your faith in God. Amen. And we can receive it because the word and the spirit working together. Amen. I said it last night. And it's a great quote. I forget who actually originally said it first, but it's great. If you have too much word in your life, you're going to dry up. If you have too much spirit in your life, you're going to blow up. But if you put them together, you're going to grow up. Amen. And that's what we're endeavoring to do this weekend is to give you a, a balance of the word and a balance of the spirit so you can grow up and you can actually receive your miracle. Amen. You can actually receive from God what you need to continue pressing forward. Because God doesn't want you to remain stagnant. God wants you to move. God wants you to grow. God wants you to increase. Amen. He wants you to increase in the knowledge of his son, first and foremost. He wants you to know more of Jesus, because the more of Jesus you know, the more of, about you you will know. In him we live and move and have our being. Jesus is our example. We look in, through the lenses of the Bible because in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. Jesus was the word made flesh and dwelt among us. We look through a, through a glass darkly. We're looking in the image of the Word at ourselves. When we read the Bible, we're reading ourselves. When we read the Word, we should, tr we should change the way we live. We should change the way we think. Because the Bible says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so the more Word you have, the more transformation can take place. But with the Spirit of God giving light to the Word of God then you can actually walk it out because he's the one in, who empowers you to walk out what the Bible says. Amen. And this generation needs the Holy Spirit more than ever. We need the real move of the Holy Spirit, not the fake move of the Holy Spirit. Because it's not the Holy Spirit at all. The Holy Spirit's not putting gold dust in Bibles. The Holy Spirit's not dropping feathers from the ceiling. The Holy Spirit not, is not moving with flags waving around with people in leotards. He's not, that's not the Holy Ghost. That's not the Spirit. The Holy Ghost is confirming the Word with miracles, signs, and wonders like Jesus had. Jesus said, greater works shall you do. Not in greater in the sense of doing other weird stuff, but greater in the magnitude and the, and the quantity of miracles taking place. Why? Because if the Spirit lives in me, and the Spirit lives in you, and the Spirit lives in someone in Alaska, or someone in Hawaii, or someone in Japan, they can be laying hands on somebody and someone getting healed in Japan, just like someone can get healed tonight in uh, Strongsville, Ohio. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives in each individual. Greater works. Greater in quantity, not necessary quality. Because how much more greater quality can you get than raising Jesus Christ from the dead? Or by raising anyone from the dead. That's, greater, that's great in quality. Amen. But quantity, multiple people getting raised from the dead all around the world at one time. Now that's what I'm talking about. And that's what the Bible's talking about. And so we need the Holy Ghost. We need a move of the Holy Spirit again. You know, I love uh, church history. How many love church history? If you don't, you should get into it because history finds itself to repeat itself, some good and some bad. I think it's good to read about good history so it can repeat itself. And if you read about, you know, yeah, I, 
it wasn't a knock on the move of God in the times past. But I talked about 1906, Azusa Street. You know, we don't need another Azusa Street, but we can learn from Azusa Street. That's, that shook this whole United States. It shook the world. That's when uh, uh, there was a man named William Seymour. He got, he got the baptism of the Holy Ghost in Topeka, Kansas. And then he went to Los Angeles. And he was an African-American man. And at that time, it was segregation and everything. And he learned the Bible by sitting in um, the hallways of uh, Charles Parham's Bible school. And he would sit in the hallways and take his notes. He couldn't even go into the classroom because times were crazy back then. I mean, it's just ridiculous how things were, but that's how they were. But he was so hungry for God, he didn't allow those things to, to separate him from God. Amen. And he pressed in and he pressed in. And next thing you know, he finds himself, the Lord says, go to Los Angeles in 1906, United States of America. And he goes to Los Angeles and he begins to start preaching the gospel and miracles, signs and wonders begin to break out. And it's what we now know as Azusa Street. All started from an unexpected person, somebody who you would never put on the A-team in 1906. But God said, I don't put in the A-team, I put in the Z-team. Because the last shall be first and the first shall be last. He will always pick the unqualified, those who, who, who you would never choose. It's like if you played basketball, right? And, you know, you separate the teams, right? Let's say this is the captain, this is the captain. We all lined up. When you pick teams, you want to pick the best players. Okay, that guy's really tall. I know he's good. Okay, I'll pick you, Johnny. And then Billy, you're next. And Timmy over here. And Jimmy over here. And then next thing you know, it's like the last two guys who, like, they're super unathletic. You know what I'm talking about? You would never pick them. But actually, you know, that's how man thinks. But God doesn't think that way. God actually chooses the least first. He'll pick that one guy who should have been picked last. He says, ah, him. He's first. Why? Because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. He'll use that person as a sign and a wonder to put those foolish things uh, to nothing. Or the, the wise to nothing. The wise think they know everything. Oh, yeah, we got it all figured out. No, you don't have it all figured out. God has it all figured out. Amen. He uses the foolish things to confound the wise. That's what I, the scripture I was looking for. He uses the foolish things. So he'll pick the least. Amen. So you might have come into this place tonight feeling like you're one of the least. Great. That's good news because God is going to use you because you're one of the least to do greater things. Can you say amen? God, because of why? The Holy Ghost on the inside of you. Greater is he who is in you. Put your hand on your belly. He's in you. The Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. There you go. Praise the Lord. Yeah, this one sounds better. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost. Come on. He sent the Holy Spirit. Verse 6. Therefore, that when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, at this time we restore the kingdom of Israel. And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times nor the seasons, which the Father has put his own authority, but you shall receive power. Everybody say power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even Strongsville, Ohio. Amen. And we demonstrated that today. Why? Because Jesus said to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Romans 1 verse 16 says, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel itself, the good news about Jesus Christ. The power of God is being released. Whether you see any change or not, it doesn't matter. Amen. Because the power is being released. We walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Eventually, you'll start seeing the change take place. 
you know, when we speak to these people, I was telling some of them, you know, we prayed for this one brother uh, right before he got on an Uber. And we all, the whole team, we felt an urgency, like we got to hurry up. And we didn't know the Uber was coming. But we're all like, man, we need to hurry up and like share this with this guy. And, um, he, you know, he started talking about some weird stuff about like acid and all this stuff. And, you know, we wanted to, well, I wanted to pray for deliverance on him, but he had to hurry it up and got in the Uber, but we still got to pray for him and lead him through the prayer of salvation and in the scriptures. And I said, do you believe that? And he said, I believe that. Now, we did we get the chance to see full-blown change? No. But was the power of God being released and it's going to bring forth transformation? Absolutely. I believe that. That's what, that's why we sow the word of God. Amen. It's the Holy Spirit who brings the change anyways. No man can come to the Father unless the Spirit of God draws him. No one can get saved unless the Holy Spirit is there. He's the one who recreates your spirit. He's the one who causes you to be born again. The Holy Spirit. That's why when Jesus walked around in the Gospels, no one was saved until he died and went to the cross and then the temple was split in two and then the Spirit of God was released. And then the Bible says when Jesus showed himself with many infallible proofs, when he found his disciples, he breathed upon them and then they received the Holy Ghost. They were born again. And up until that point, no one could be born again. Amen. And then once you get born again, transformation starts taking place in you. Amen. How many have experienced that before? Hallelujah. That's the inner working of the Holy Spirit. Now, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He comes upon you to get, so that you can have power to demonstrate Jesus to those around you. Amen. Because he said, you'll be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the Holy Spirit helping you. Because like, uh, like we, the pastor said, and I said it last night, God doesn't want to work for you, and he doesn't want you to work for him. He wants you to work with him. It's called the great co-mission. C-O, mission, co, means two. Who? You and the Holy Spirit working together to get the gospel out. Co-mission, working together. Amen. And so he didn't send you out there without the proper equipment to get the job done. Amen. You are anointed to fulfill the Great Commission in your life, in your city, in your region, in your town. You're anointed. Amen. And you might not feel anointed, and you might have come in here tonight saying, you know what, I came here to get healed. I came here to get me, get what I need, and God is going to give you what you need. Amen. But what he'll do in you, he's going to then start beginning to do through you. Because God just doesn't want to just heal you, and that's it. He wants to heal you, and then he wants to use your hands to lay hands on the sick and heal others. Because what God does in one, he wants to do it through you. Because God does, always does the work in you to do it through you. He'll always do the work in you to do it through you. That's how God works. So you, you might have come in here, and you're like, man, I'm anxious, I'm worried, I'm, I'm fearful. That's okay. Because God's going to set you free tonight, and then you're going to be led across many other people who are exactly in the same place as you, and they may not set foot in the church, but you're going to see them, and you're going to speak about how God set you free, how God delivered you, and then right there on the spot, you're going to be used to set them free. Amen. Amen, because greater is he who's in you. Greater is he who's in you. If you get a revelation of this, you, you'll, you'll make decisions differently. Go with me to 1 John chapter 4. Hallelujah. 
1 John chapter 4. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Actually, First John chapter 5, verse 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. How many people are born of God here tonight? Born again, saved. You've already overcome the world. You've already overcome. You're not trying to overcome. You've already overcome. You, but I don't feel like I've overcome. I actually feel like I'm barely making it. Well, tonight, as the word of God comes forth, the Holy Spirit is going to touch your life and bring forth shed light on that word that you actually are an overcomer. Because where the Bible says, who the Son sets free is free indeed. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. The truth, the truth is, you've been born of God, you've already overcome the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Your faith in Jesus Christ is what causes you to overcome over and over and over again. And the Holy Spirit is there to help you along the way. Amen. He's there to help you and lead you and guide you into all truth, into all victory, into all success. Amen. He's leading. He's guiding. He's a guide. Have you ever been on a tour? I talked about going on a tour last night. You have a tour guide. They take you to different spots. They stop. They tell you about whatever they're showing you. This is this, you know, this is how this was made. This is the origin of this. And they got a history. Sometimes you go into a place and they got like all these different pictures of who started the company or who's, you know, who was the first one to ever travel here or the native people of the land or whatever tour. Think of a tour. The guide is showing you, he's giving you true facts about this. Well, the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding you through your life because God knows the end from the beginning. And he's taking you through the tour of your life, trying to lead you and guide you into the right place at the right time. And he's showing you things to come because your, your things to come is a way of success, is a way of, of goodness. He's, he's got great things in store for you. And you got to let him lead you and guide you. And sometimes it's uncomfortable, but that's why he's a comforter. Because he's, he's always trying to get you to go a little bit further than, than where you want to be. Because if you, you got to get out there where, you got to get out there where, the, you know, when Peter walked on the water. I mean, you got to get on the water and, and step out of the boat and say, God, this is my life. You know, I'm going to trust you with everything in it. Like Peter did. He stepped out of the boat and said, I'm going to do what you want me to do. I'm going to do what the Bible says the Bible says to do. I don't care what people think because the guide is guiding me to this next step of my life. And it's a little uncomfortable. But if I know if Jesus was here in the flesh, I'd feel a little more comfortable. But guess what? You don't have to wait for Jesus to come back in the flesh because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And he's on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit, to help you take Take those next steps because he's guiding you into all truth. He's the spirit of God leading and guiding. Amen. We need to understand the working of the Holy Spirit. When we understand the working of the Holy Spirit, we'll find ourselves in the right place at the right time. Amen. 
That's why William Seymour, he found himself in the right place at the right time. Did he know what was going to take place? No, probably not. But he just knew God said, go to Los Angeles. You know, many people, you came here and God said, join this church in Strongsville, Ohio. You might be saying, well, why, Lord? Why should I join here? Because he's got a great plan for this church and for your life to be plugged in here at this church. You're you're part of a bigger picture. Amen. He knows what he's doing. We have to trust God. Have faith in God. Trust God. That means to have total reliance upon God himself. But if we, we don't understand the working of the Spirit and understand that we have a flesh, sometimes we can talk ourselves out of what God has for us. Have you ever heard the Scripture, maybe pastors preach the message, and it's just like, you know what, I know that's what the Bible says, but man, I just don't feel like doing that. Come on, you can be honest, we've all been there. That's what the Bible says, but man, I don't feel like doing that. Well, it's you when you begin to take those steps to do it, that's when the Holy Spirit begins to help you do it. And on the other side of what the Bible's saying, not just what your pastor's saying, is the is is the results of what the promises of God are. Amen. You know, at first it doesn't feel good to tithe ten percent. You know, you feel like, man, why am I giving my tithe? I'm just like throwing it away. Or you know, your mind is telling you one thing, but your spirit's telling you another thing because that's what the Bible says to do. Prove me herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I pour out a window, windows, open the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing you can't even receive. When you bring the tithe, right? You know that it says that, but at first it feels like, ah, oh, man, this is such a sacrifice. But if you, if you do it, then watch what God will do. Then eventually you'll, you'll be walking in the promises that God has for you. Amen. How many of you have experienced that before? Where the devourer was, was rebuked because of doing what the Bible says to do. And then in, increase, a promotion. But at first you had to press through the flesh. You had to press through uh, your own thoughts and feelings on it. Because if the word says it, that settles it. And the Holy Spirit is the one to help you walk it out. Amen. Because it's not just the word only. It's the word in the spirit. Amen. You know, when Jesus... Um, the first miracle Jesus ever did. How many of you guys know what it was? The waters into wine. You know, there's the word is like water. What Jesus, you know, if you if you read that, and obviously it's the miracle of the water to wine and all that, but the water represents the word. God always the word comes first. We preach the word. The word comes. But then the Holy Spirit is the one who will take the word and turn it into the wine. He transforms the word and the water into wine. Amen. And so it's both working together for the transformation to take place. That's supernatural transformation. That's what he's doing with you right now. The word is coming, going forth. It's going in you like water. But then the Holy Spirit will flip it into wine. We call that the wine of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And that's not just, you know, for you to roll around and laugh and all that. When Praise God when it happens, and we want that to happen. But it's, it's, there's a transformation that's taking place in you for greater works, for greater things. Drunk people do crazy stuff. Come on, how many of you guys have seen drunks before? Be honest. They're crazy. They do stupid stuff most of the time. And maybe even at one time, you, you know, I used to be like that before Jesus did some stupid stuff. Right? You'd be like, why did I even do that? You wake up the next day, what's wrong with me? Why did I do that? Man, your head hurts, your arm hurts, you jumped off a building or something dumb, you did something stupid, thought it was great, didn't hurt in the moment because you couldn't feel it. 
Well, the, the, the opposite is true when you're drunk, drunk in God, you're in love with God, you're doing what God wants. He's not leading you and guiding you and filling you up like that to do bad things. He's leading you into all success. But sometimes you look a little ridiculous doing the things God's telling you to do, just like you look ridiculous when you're drunk on actual wine because he wants you to do sometimes the ridiculous so you can see the miraculous. Amen. So he's filling you up with the word of God and the Holy Spirit is leading you and guiding you and asking you to do things, change, transform. Come on. Stretch more for God. There's more in God for your life. Reach out and receive it. Receive what the Spirit's telling you to do. People are in different levels, different areas in your life here tonight. Some are walking different paths. Some are young. Some are old. Some are trying to go to school. Some are out of school. Some are just trying to make it. What, but the Lord has got a direction and an assignment for your life to do, to do certain things. Amen. And we don't, as ministers, we don't have all the answers. We have the Word. And if the Lord uses us in the gifts of the Spirit, we'll give you what the Lord tells us. But at the end of the day, each person must be led by the Spirit of God. For those who are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Amen. Everything you need is, is right here. Right, in, right by your belly button. In you. You know, that's why one preacher said when he prays, he doesn't pray with his eyes looking up or with his eyes closed looking up. Because God... Yes, the Father's up there and Jesus is up there, but God's not any further than your belly button. So you bow your head and pray because he's right here. Your prayers don't need to hit the ceiling. Your prayers need to hit your belly. And then out of your belly will flow the rivers of living water. Out of your belly, he'll speak to you and show you things to come and and give you direction and instruction. And I feel like that's what the Lord is going to do here tonight. He's going to give some of you instruction, some of you direction. Some of you are wondering what to do, where, when to move, when to do this, what, where to go to school, what, whatever. Some of you are contemplating moving and making big-time decisions. Don't ever make a big-time decision without asking God if you should do it or how you should do it. Amen. Go with me uh, in the book of John. Hallelujah. I just feel like talking about the Holy Spirit tonight. A little bit more on the teachy side, but that's okay. There's an anointing to teach, anointing to preach. John chapter 14, in verse 15. I want you to see it in the Word, because a lot of this I've been quoting. But it's good to see it for yourself. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper. That word helper is also translated counselor, one who's alongside, one who's a standby, always waiting to help in a time of need. You know, someone who's standing by is waiting to help. He's waiting to help. He's a helper. Notice it doesn't say, I will give you another doer. A lot of people want God to do everything and never do anything in exchange for God at all. He's not a doer, he's a helper. He's going to do when you do. He's going to move when you move. He's going to act when you act. Amen. Genesis 1, right? The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. But he was waiting for a command. He was waiting to move. 
He didn't move until the father said, let there be light. And then there was light. He was waiting for an action. Amen. But you don't want to act until you know for sure. Well, one, you, don't, you can know for sure. The, the Bible says lay hands on the sick. You don't need to ask God, do I need to lay hands on this person? Yes, lay hands on this person. Like we were talking about today in soul winning training. Um, do I need to tell this person about the gospel? Yes, tell that person about the gospel. Go and preach the gospel to all creation, all creatures, everyone. So that means if you don't have to ask God, are you sure? No, yes, we're sure. This person needs Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Certain things you just don't need to ask God, but how about big-time decisions? Because I feel like people are, are making big-time decisions. Maybe to you it's big, and to me, if you told me, it's not that big. But it, God knows. People watching online, same thing. Big-time decisions. We need, to, we need to ask the helper. He'll help us. He will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Forever. You never have to pray, God, be with me. He's with you. He's in you. Lord, please come. He came when you walked in those doors. When you walked in, God walked in. Whether you felt him, heard him, you might feel like you're half dead. It doesn't matter. He's in you. We don't walk by uh, sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. We don't walk by feelings. These, this, these natural feelings we have, we don't walk by that. Come on, we, we don't throw them out. We're not, we're not weird, but we don't walk by those feelings. He's in us. He's with us. Amen. We don't have to say, God, please come. We understand we do that in honor to the Holy Spirit. You know, like that song, Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place. That's, you know, that's, a, that's an honor of saying, Holy Spirit, thou art welcome to do whatever you want to do, to manifest yourself in this room. But he's already here. The Holy Spirit's in all, he's everywhere at all. He's always everywhere, but he's not always manifesting himself everywhere. He's not always showing up everywhere. That's why you don't feel him in some churches, because he's not allowed to move. He's not honored. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He, he's waiting for you to honor him to help you. Amen. He's standing by. And many of us are just saying, no, we can do it ourselves. We can put our head down. We can march forward ourselves. But the Holy Spirit is waiting for us to honor him, to humble ourselves, and say, Holy Spirit, help. Holy Spirit, move. Amen. Holy Spirit, show me what to do. And then he's like, yes, I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting to tell you. Like, God is not hold, trying to hold anything back. God is not mysterious like, they, like the Hobby Lobby uh, things that you put up in your home. God works in mysterious ways. He doesn't work in mysterious ways. He's got a whole book that tells you how he works. That's not very mysterious. Amen. That's just Hobby Lobby garbage. I love Hobby Lobby. It's a great, it's a Christian company. I don't know why I'm blasting them because they're a great company and great owners. But I, I guess every time I've talked about this thing, I think of, you know, stuff on the walls is just nonsense. God doesn't work in mysterious ways. God works according to his word. Come on, it's only mysterious because you don't know what the Bible says. But if you get into the Bible, you'll know how God works, so how you can operate with him, so you can, you can see the promises of God manifested. Amen. And we live in the greatest time ever. I have an iPad up here where I have access to a hundred different translations in every language known to man. We have no excuse not to know how God operates. When we have YouTube and all these different access to, I mean, come on. If Peter was here right now, he'd say, what's wrong with you guys? All we had was a pen and a piece of paper, and I got so tired of writing this thing, I had to hire someone else to write everything I needed written down. Amen. 
Come on, he's there to help. We have to honor him. Verse 17, the spirit of truth. He's the spirit of truth. Come on, what is truth? He's the spirit of truth. He's guiding you into all truth. The world doesn't like the spirit of truth. That's why when you, this Bible's preached and everything, oh, they're just, they're just uh, haters, they, bigots. They, they don't like us. They hate us. No, we're just speaking truth. Love tells the truth. Aren't you happy when uh, someone you love says, hey, you got something on your face before you step up in front of everybody? You don't love it in that moment. Oh, man, really? Come on. But you're thankful that you didn't get up there and look ridiculous. Sometimes the truth hurts. But the truth is necessary because the truth will set you free. Amen. And that's what the problem is. is Some people don't want to be free. They want to, you know, shoot a mite, their devils, and hold on to their demons because they love the way the flesh is. They love the way that they live. And so they don't want to give up the way they live. So they want to say, no, that's wrong. You're wrong. That's not true. That Bible's old. That Bible's written by men. That Bible is old news. Absolutely not. It's just the truth, and you don't like the truth. Because the truth is trying to set you free, but you like them bondages. You like being wrapped up and tied up in your sin. And that's just the harsh truth. But you don't have to live that way, because Jesus came to set you free. Because the truth will set you free. Amen. Aren't you happy? The spirit of truth. He'll keep, he'll keep you from all deception. He'll keep you from all lies. He'll keep you from falling in pits that the devil has set for you. He'll keep you out of false doctrine. Come on. The spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. He's there. He's in you. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Then it goes on right after that. Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and he will be in you. Greater is he who is in you. Peter, uh, John, uh, Jesus was telling this to his disciples before he was in them. He said he's with you, but now he's going to be in you. And the world can't receive it. This is why I was telling them during soul winning that, um, you know, a lot of times when I do soul winning and not here, you guys were like super receptive. And I was very, very pleased. It was like the easiest soul winning training I've done ever. And uh, I'm not just saying that because I'm preaching. I have the microphone. I mean that, you know. I said, is there any questions? And you guys just soaked it right up. There was like hardly any questions. I had to like pull some questions out of people. But sometimes I get questions uh, that are like religious responses. And they say like, well, you know, how do we know if they're really saved? You know, they don't really look any different or they're not coming. You know, they say, you know, they're going to come to church or not and all these different things. And, and, and so they want to they want to walk them through discipleship in five minutes on the sidewalk. You know, you can't disciple somebody in five minutes on a sidewalk. You just, you're, we're talking to hearts, not to heads. We're not talking to heads because the world can't receive the spirit of truth because they're always trying to receive it up here. We don't receive Jesus in our head. We receive Jesus in our heart, and then our head will catch up later. Amen. It's a heart change that people need, not a head change. The head will follow after the heart is changed. Can you say amen? And that's what America needs. America needs a heart change. It doesn't need a head change. We People have lost their minds. So their minds are gone. we got to get their hearts. Amen. Their minds are so far gone, it's ridiculous. But it's a heart change. So we're talking to hearts. And that's, why, that's what Jesus is saying about the spirit of truth. The world cannot receive them. The world doesn't know him. But you know him. He's with you, and he'll be in you. And now he's in you so that he, he wants to use you to reach those around you. Not with their heads, with your heart. Because that's what happens. The Holy Spirit has come. He'll convict the world of sin. 
He, he does the job. Any type of conviction we try to do ends up being condemnation. Have you ever tried to tell a family member how much they need to get right with God? Come on, we've all done it. You need to get saved. Come on, get your act together. Look at yourself. And then you know what that brings? Condemnation to that person. I'm never living up to you know perfection. You know, my, my uncle, he just, I know he wants me to get saved, but I just can't be perfect. When really, we just need to let the Holy Spirit do it. He's a big boy. You just live it out. You say, hey, you know, you start treating that person like they're already saved. Amen. And then the Holy Spirit will convict them. And then they'll end up, it's a heart change. See, we're trying to do so much with our head. It's not about our head, it's about our heart. Amen. Is that making sense to you all? The Spirit of truth. Whom the world world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. Verse 18, I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. Praise God. Go over to John chapter 16. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 5. But now I go away to him who sent me, Jesus speaking, and none of you ask me where you are going, but because I have said these things, you are sorrow. You have sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, there it is again, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin. He does the conviction. We just do the saying. We, we say, God, God loves you. He has a plan for your life. If you were to die today, when you go to heaven, they respond. And then the wages of sin is death. The free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. As soon as you start speaking the scriptures, because it's the gospel, the Holy Spirit begins to convict. Amen. And some of y'all, you just need to let, let the Lord do the work on your family. Amen. That's for somebody here tonight. Let the Lord do the work on them. You might have been the first one who got saved, and you're doing everything you can to get them to get saved, and that's good. Your heart is in the right place. This is not a a slam on you. You've done the best you could do, but I'm telling you there's a helper who's been standing alongside of you saying, look, you've done the best you can do. It's my turn. Get out of the way and let me do this thing. Amen. And watch how fast they'll come in. Watch how quickly they'll change. Because now it's like, it's like, man, it's when I did when I tried everything, nothing worked. But when I it felt like I gave up, everything worked. Because it's not you doing the work, it's him. He'll convict the world of sin. Amen. Now that doesn't mean that's what you do with your city, because we need to go and tell them. But with your family, family's different. Family's a little bit harder to reach. Because <laughs> they know you. They know how you live. They know how you walked or whatever. They, they're just too close. You need him to do that special work. But on the, other, on the flip side, if you go after someone else's brother, God will go after your brother. If you go after someone else's mother, God will go after your mother. If you go after someone else's father, God will go after your father. Whoever you're believing God for, when you step out and you start doing this soul winning stuff, God will go after your family because you're going after someone else's family. Amen. Hallelujah. And he'll convict the world of sin. Amen. You can't go after souls like I'm talking about and God not go after the people you love. Impossible. Impossible. Because he'll send laborers across their path and they'll get saved. And your family's not going to go to hell. Your family is going to go to heaven. Amen. For you and your house will serve the Lord. Glory to God. So hold fast to that truth. He'll convict the world of sin. Then it goes on to say, and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to the Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. 
I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, which he's come. He's already come 2,000 years ago, the spirit of truth, right? When he has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will speak. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. If you, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He will tell you things to come. If we'll get quiet enough before God, he'll tell you what to do. And he's leading. He's guiding you. Just like taking a tour at some factory or some place. And he's taking you stop along, stop along, stop. He'll show you exactly what to do. Amen. And he, he's leading you into, into, into victory. Not, not backwards. He's never taking you backwards. Though it might at first seem like a step backwards. Maybe it feels like, why, you know, Lord, you're telling me to do this, and it feels like I'm taking a step backwards, but God knows what's coming up the pipe and what really he's setting you up for success because when that thing hits, it's actually not going to hurt you or harm you at all, but it's actually going to propel you forward. Amen. Because you won't be caught up in a mess. Amen. You know, that's what many people, there's countless testimonies of people who before, uh, you know, the pandemic and everything, they made adjustments to whatever, their business, their homes, something. They made adjustments. God told them to do this, do this, do this, because they were listening. They didn't know what was coming, but God was preparing them. And as they made the adjustments, they did, that didn't even affect them and actually caused them to increase. Amen. Countless testimonies. People's businesses exploding because they decided to add this little feature because the Holy Spirit said, add this. Why? No one's doing this right now. No one's doing delivery. Why would I add delivery to my business? No one is even coming and picking it up. And then three months later, all of a sudden, boom, no one can travel. No one can go anywhere, but they can do delivery. So now we already have a system set up. So now we're delivering everything. Do you see what I'm saying? Because they have an ear to hear. They're listening. It looked, that was like a set, that looked like a waste of money. No one's doing this. Why am I spending all this effort into this? See, God will cause you to do some stuff like that. Where you're just like, why am I putting all this effort and it's producing nothing, really? Because God is preparing you for what's to come. Dig a ditch and I will fill it, the Bible says. The Lord is, why would you dig a ditch and just leave it? Why? That's, that's foolish in the natural. Because God's going to fill the, fill it up. But it looks like ridiculous. Why would I do this? Because you, sometimes you got to do the ridiculous to see the miraculous. Sometimes you got to do what God's telling you to do regardless of what it looks like because the Holy Spirit is leading you and guiding you. Why would you move to Strongsville, Ohio? Why? Because God's about to do something great in your life. Why would he have you come to this church? It seems that's foolish. Why? Because God's about to do something amazing here at this church. God's about to break this church wide open. God's about to fill every seat in the house. Come on. Don't look at what you see right now. This is just They're just making room for what's to come. Hallelujah, and you're a part of it. And that's what the soul winning was a part. We're, they're tilling the ground for what's to come. We're making room for, for what God wants to do. Because he's leading, he's guiding, amen. You're listening to the Holy Spirit. He's showing you things to come. He's telling you what to do. And it's time for some of y'all to just do what he's telling you to do. Step out and do what he says to do. Mary had a great glimpse of that, Right? When they, Jesus showed up to the wedding party and he was just trying to hang out with his friends and be there. And she said, Jesus, they ran out of wine. And he said, woman, what does that have to do with me? Could you imagine talking to your mom like that? Absolutely not. You're going to be straight up WWE down on the ground, smackdown. I mean, absolutely not. But that's what Jesus said. And then what did she say? She didn't even say anything to him. He, she looked at the servants and said, do whatever he tells you to do. 
So we need to do whatever he tells us to do. Because immediately they looked at him and then he said, go fill the water pots with water. Because his mom was in faith. His mom said he's about to do something miraculous, so it's time to do something ridiculous. And he's going to tell you what to do. And like every mom, I'm sure she went around the corner and then kind of stood there and peeked back over and was like watching what Jesus was doing. That's right. He's an obedient son. Come on, we need to be obedient sons and daughters. Jesus said, fill the water up. The servants just did what he said. They filled it up. As he dipped it in, they took it to the the head of the the people at the wedding. They took a drink and boom, transformed in the process. Because they were, they were being led and guide, guided by Jesus himself, a helper. But now he sent the Holy Ghost. See, Jesus was a helper himself. He was saying, look, I'm helping, but I'm limited. But now it's, the Holy Spirit's unlimited. He's helping me. He's helping you. He's speaking to you at, night, at the nighttime. He's speaking to you at the nighttime or at the daytime or whenever you're praying. He's talking to each one of us at one time. They didn't have that back then. They had only Jesus' instruction. But now the same is true. And I'm telling you, do whatever the Holy Spirit is telling you to do. Amen. And when you do, it will always lead you and guide you into victory. Amen. How many are getting something out of this? Come on, how many are going to apply what God was telling you to do tonight? Come on. You're not going to wait on a... I love prophetic. I got plenty of prophetic words and I'm going to keep receiving them. And if the Lord uses me to do that this weekend, I'm going to do that. But what about what God is personally telling you to do? Is your prophetic word information or is it confirmation? Because it should be confirming what God has spoken to your spirit. And that's just to give you the courage to step forward and do it. Amen. Otherwise, if it's information, I don't know. I'd be very careful. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. Well, it's time to step out and do what God's telling you to do. Amen. Because I'm not one of those preachers who's going to be like, you know what? Get attached to me. Get attached to me. I'll tell you what God's telling you. You come up here, we'll line up 100 people. We'll be here till 3 a.m. You'll get get a, get a prophetic word and we'll leave this place. Absolutely not. We don't need to do that. We don't need to get weird. We need to get connected to the Holy Ghost. We can hear more from God in 20 minutes of a service than we can in a, three hours of a prophetic utterance decoration, dance, party, whatever you want to call it. I don't even know. It's weird. We don't need any of that. We just need to hear the still, small voice. And you can do so right now as the Word of God is going forth. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Now let's let's finish this up real quick, and then we're going to pray. He will guide you in all truth. He will not speak of his own authority. Whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, he will take of mine and declare it to you. Amen. In other words, he'll only speak and point you to Jesus every time. The Holy Spirit will point you to Jesus. Point you to the Bible. Point you to what that Bible says. If it's something outside the Bible, it's not the Holy Spirit. It's some other spirit. We were talking about that earlier. You know, doctrines of devils. It's just spirits leading people into false doctrine. No, it should always point you back to what the Bible says. Back to what Jesus says. Amen. Hallelujah. And so your situation may not be in the Bible to move to Strongsville, Ohio, but there'll be a confirming word in that scripture right there that will give you the peace and the faith to do what God is telling you to do with your unique situation. I'll give you a testimony real quick and we'll pray. But I remember we were believing God to move into our very first apartment. 
and it was the hardest thing ever. Like, because the, um, the market was crazy for housing and it probably still is here. It still is where we're from. We were actually trying to get a home, a house, but it was so crazy. It just wasn't happening. So we decided, okay, let's do the rental area and we're praying. We're seeking God. We're trying to be led by the Holy Spirit, like where to go. And I remember, you know, we felt a peace. Let's just do renting for now. And we were, we were like going to all these different places, checking all these things out. One time we walked in the place and before we walked out, they rented it to somebody else. I mean, it was that crazy. It was like, what in the world? And so we're praying, we're seeking God, we're, God, you know, lead us, where are we supposed to be? You know, we're trying to find the unknown will of God within the will of God in his word. We're trying to navigate, we're trying to make decisions. He's leading us, he's guiding us, right? He's teaching us. And so finally we find this place and we love this place. We walk in it, we both are like, this is our place. Man, we felt the peace of God, you know what I'm saying? We're like, man, this is our place. We can, We were like... You know, it was our first one uh, when we uh, when we got married, our first official place to to live. So we were like super excited, you know, like finally our own place to live, and we're like checking everything out. And the realtor is probably looking at us like, "This is just an apartment. Like, what's going on with these people? Like, they're super excited." But we loved it. We felt at peace, you know. And we so we so we said, "This is our place." We said, "Come on, we'll put the application in." Like five minutes afterwards, as soon as we got home, the application was in. We're ready, right? And so they said, yeah, you got good chances. There's only you and two other people who put in their application. And I think they're going to stop it at that. We're like, wow, praise God. Instead of having 25 different people to compete with, we only got two. So we, our odds are great, right? And so a one week goes by, we never heard anything from them. We still have a peace in our heart. Two weeks go by, still nothing. I mean, we're calling this company all the time. And, you know, during those times of, of patience, through faith and patience, you'll inherit the promises of God. They're tempted to be like, okay, maybe we should go look at other places. Maybe this isn't going to happen, right? Who's ever been there before? You know, and you can just abort what you felt in your spirit that God wanted to do. Because when you have an assurance, faith is the substance. You had a substance of things hoped for. You had you had a tangible substance in your spirit, like this is my place. And so two weeks goes by, and I think it was like two and a half weeks, finally we, we get a call. And they call us and they say, Hey, you know, sorry it's been so long since we, we you know, got back to you. Uh, a half of our staff has been on vacation and stuff. And we're like, okay, that's fine. Just tell us what's going on. And they said, you didn't get the place. We're sorry. And we're like, what? This, you know, okay, thanks. Like, we're nice to them on the phone. But we hung up. We're like, absolutely not. We're like, this is ridiculous. Like, no, we felt like this is from God. Have you ever been in a place where you know that you know that this is what God wants you to do? But everything seems like it's contrary. Everything seems like, but the Holy Spirit is leading you and guiding you. And when you have a peace, when you know that you know that you know, then you just know. And we were looking at each other and we're like, you know, she was upset. Emily was all upset, crying and stuff. Because, you know, a, a, a woman, a wife wants to have a home, wants to decorate, wants to get the couches in a certain area and the pictures up on the wall. Us guys are like just happy to have four walls around us, you know, and a bed to sleep in, you know, you know what I'm saying? But she wanted that, and, you know, just all that came crashing down. But you know what? Something on the inside of me said, no, something ain't right. This is our place. This is it. And I remember she was somewhere, and I, I was at home at the place we were staying. And I remember just getting on my knees and praying and saying, God, like, show me. What is it? What is it? What is going on? And, you know, the Holy Spirit, he'll remind you of things in that Bible that you have forgotten about. So never think you're reading that word and you're thinking, I'm not a person who can really memorize scripture very well. Who cares? Because the Holy Spirit will bring a scripture back to your remembrance that you never even thought you'd ever remember in your life. 
And I remember he said, go to Joshua. I just felt the Lord whisper in my spirit. Go to Joshua 1 verse 11. And I said, okay, you know, I know Joshua 1 verse 8, but what's 1 verse 11? Amen. I'll read it to you because this is powerful. The Holy Spirit helping you, leading you, guiding you, showing you things to come. God doesn't put a carrot in front of your face and say, you know, oh, you know, here, this is what you can have. And then as soon as you go to grab it, pulls it right up. Absolutely not. That's not God. And you might say, well, that kind of ha- feels like it happened to me a couple times. I'm here today to tell you if you won't let go, God won't let go. Come on, if you, get, if you let your faith go, if you give up, you don't, it, it, then you'll lose it. But if you hold on, hold on, right? Well, Joshua 1 verse 11 says this. He said, go there, read this. Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourselves. For within three days you will cross over the Jordan to go in and possess the land which the Lord God is giving you to possess. And I texted her wherever she was at. I don't remember. But I texted her and I said, um, in three days, God's about to do something. And she's, she was like, if she told her side of the story, she'd be like, uh, he's crazy. Like, I don't want to hear this again. You know, I don't want to go through this disappointment again. How many of you have been there before? Where it's like, you don't want to be disappointed again. Come on, don't get my hopes up. But no, I, I said, God spoke to me, Joshua 1.11. In three days, prepare your provisions for you're going to go in and possess the land. I didn't know what that looked like. I thought maybe, you know, something else, something. I I, I, I forgot about the apartment. I said, okay, that's not it. Then something greater. Because God, God, if something happened and it didn't work out, then he's got something better in store. So uh, three days later, after we gave that scripture, or uh, I gave her that scripture, I've been meditating on it for three days, praying about it. You know, Lord, thank you so much. Thank him in advance, preparing you know, we knew we were going to move. We just knew we were going to move. We didn't know where. And three days later, that same company called us. Or no, our realtor called us. Because we got a realtor for to find a house. And then the realtor turned and started helping us find an apartment. And so she called us. She said, you're, you're not going to believe this. And we're inside, we're saying, we are going to believe this. Because we know you're calling us. It's three days later. And she said, you're not going to believe this. But the people who are going to get that place that you guys looked at, they they didn't pass their, their you know, their uh, application, their background check, whatever. Something failed, and now you guys are next to have it if you still want it. We said if we still want it, absolutely we still want that thing. Tell them right now we want that. Tell them we'll move in tomorrow if we can. That's our place. And that was three days later. The Holy Spirit led us right to that place. And then all that thing worked out for good. And then he led me back to the Bible so I could stand upon the Word of God so I can see the promise manifested in my life. Come on, what is God telling you to do tonight that he's going to lead you and guide you? And though it might seem like there's some obstacles coming up against you, I'm telling you, if you stand upon God's word and you don't give up until you see that thing manifested, you're going to hold your miracle in your hand. Amen. Hallelujah. Even before tonight, because we declared that September will be a September to remember. Come on, and this is the last day of September. Tomorrow's October, but I'm telling you what, I'm getting all that September has for me. And I know you want all that September has for you. So reach out and receive your miracle tonight can you say amen hallelujah glory to god so why don't you just lift your hands right now the holy spirit is hovering and he's moving upon this place he wants to fill some of you up he wants to touch some of you last night one of our friends here she's here tonight she got healed in her shoulder how's your shoulder today it's good praise god come on reach out and receive your healing tonight if you need healing reach out and receive what god has Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, do whatever you want to do. Have free reign to move. 
We don't just want to talk about you. We want to experience you. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to the Zayner Ministries podcast. Please consider becoming a monthly covenant partner with us. We're asking God for 100 people to stand with us financially as we continue to win the lost in America. Go to ZaynerMinistries.com and click on the Give Now button and become a monthly covenant partner today.